You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 132 of Teach Better Talk. My name is Ray Hewart and I am with my Santa friend, Jeff Gargas. Santa friend, really? Well, I just want to put Santa in there. I don't know. This came out, this comes out the day after Christmas. I feel like there needs to be some acknowledgement of the season, the winter holidays going on. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Ray. Are you just going to call me out that I don't celebrate? like a holiday with Santa because just, I don't want it rubbed in my face. Hey, Ray. What? Happy Hanukkah. Well, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I I wasn't going to say anything about the fact that you don't celebrate a holiday with, with, with Santa. That doesn't matter. It's all about the holidays. There's so many of them that go on. Like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I just, I'm glad. I just love this time of the year because there's a lot of different holidays. People celebrate a lot of different things. But I just always feel like this time of the year, yeah, there's the crazy shopping things where people try to like murder each other for dolls. But I try to look past that and focus on the fact that it's, it's like time for family, time for friends, time for giving gifts and celebrating. And I just always enjoy that time. So so happy Hanukkah to you and anyone else who may be listening that celebrates Hanukkah. Uh, or if you celebrate Kwanzaa, that's starting right now as well. There's a bunch of going we, on. Yeah, so Las Posadas, that was earlier. I think we just finished that, I, I, if I'm correct. And Diwali, or the Festival of Lights, also going on. Uh, I apologize, I'm not as familiar with that, so I'm not exactly sure when the date is. And I know the Chinese New Year as well is coming up. And then, uh, and then anyone, you know, myself, I celebrate Christmas, so Merry Christmas to anybody as well. And a super happy New Year coming up. We're like right here, right? We're only a few days from, from the New Year, the new start. <laughs> Everyone getting ready to make all those New Year's resolutions that'll go away two weeks in the January. It's great. Don't say <laughs> that, Jeff. <laughs> I never li- I've never liked resolutions. I think if you're gonna make a New Year's resolution, you should make it right now. Um, so it's not a New Year's resolution, it's just actually a plan put in place. But that's just me. That's not what we're talking about. I think super excited. Here's one that I'm really excited to celebrate, Ray, is our free PD series going on in our Facebook group right now. Oh, yeah. That's Are you like, celebrating that? Is that like a you I, wake up in the morning, yeah. big stretch, <laughs> glass of water, and then you're like, OMG, it's the winter series is going on in the Teach yeah, Better Team private Facebook group. Yep. Yeah, I, I look every time we have one of those the night before I put out cookies and milk and then I drink them Aww. as if I'm Santa. <laughs> I so say, like, yes, <laughs> I one of my favorite things to do. And I get to do this because thank goodness I married my husband who allows me to just stay up all night tracking Santa. And I feel like we should have had a tracker for our winter series. We could have tracked the winter series all <laughs> season long. <laughs> we could have. We could track like what, like how, I don't know how that works, but because it's all on Facebook, but sure. Um, I get it. So the next one, so this is coming right now. Like, obviously we're recording this before the 26th. I think all of our listeners know that. But right now, while don't you're listening, it's the day people. after Christmas and the next next uh, winter series live PD in our Facebook group is is the 27th, correct? Yes, and it's going to be a good one because we're talking about being proactive versus reactive. And I get to do that one with Caitlin Giordano, and it's going to be fabulous. It's at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern. Can we take just a moment and celebrate Caitlin? That she's fabulous? 
Yes, like that's all I, I just really just wanted to do that. Like hopefully she listens and blushes a little bit. But uh, yes, that's going to be a fun one. That'll be a really cool one. What time is that happening? It's at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern on the 27th. And then the other two are at the same time, but it's December 30th and January okay. 3rd. All right, so you got this now. We're going to go right before the new year and then just after the new year, really getting you ready to, to get back into the uh, – get back from your winter breaks and, and get rocking, uh, which also what's awesome just, about all – what's that? Just so you know, if if our listeners missed the one that happened on December 22nd, these are all saved. Like all of our series, you can watch live or you can watch it after the recording. So just head to the Teach Better Team private Facebook group and you can actually see that um, – that one was on problem solving mastery learning. And so it's a great topic. You can have access at any time. Yeah. So make sure you head over to Facebook and either search Teach Better Team on there to find the the, the group, or you can just go to teachbettergroup.com and it'll forward you to that group and you can request to get in and we'll get you in there and you can start connecting to some awesome stuff. There's a ton of videos saved in there that you can access uh, even outside of the free PD stuff. So really, really cool. Uh, super excited about this episode. Uh, so we are we were, telling our listeners that this was our last teach better talk <laughs> episode? Well, <laughs> they're going to have to listen to find out why, uh, what's, what's going on. Uh, <laughs> but just to, if we're worrying anybody, if we're worrying anybody, we can just preface this actually isn't the last one, but, <laughs> but you know, it might be. So enjoy we, it. We, yeah. We, <laughs> this, this should give you just a little bit of insight into how much fun we had in this episode. So, so we got to have a boss Manji in, and, and a boss is the co-founder and now the chief academic officer at Kidum. And if you don't know Kidum, go to Kidum.co, K-I-D-D-O-M.co. There's a, a ton of free resources. The platform is actually free to use for teachers as well. Um, and I love, so, uh, Abbas jumps in. He's he's formerly uh, before starting Kidum. He was you know before he, that thing has grown. So he he calls it small, but it's it's a big company. It's doing great things. Uh, he was a high school math teacher in in New York City. He worked in uh, alternative schools and has some really cool stories from that that I'll let him share. I love his story about how Kidum came to be and how even years before that idea came, he talks about and I really love this 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 problem that he saw and the solution that he came up with. And I just love it because he, he refers to himself as like, quote unquote, not the entrepreneur one or his partner's the more entrepreneurial one. But that his just the way he saw a problem and solved it is so entrepreneurial. And it's one of the many reasons why I always say that teachers make awesome entrepreneurs because that's what teachers do. They see problems and they fix it. So I love it. I'm super pumped about this episode. If you can't tell, this was a lot of fun for me, um, not just because we're going to quit and go work for Kidum, but that's not the point. Just a we're really not cool episode. Doing that. No, I just really loved uh, diving into his head and his stories. He shares a really, um, I thought, a sort of tug at your heart story for his failure and going into things. Ray, anything in particular that you want people to pull out of this other than just the fun that we have? Oh, gosh. This was such a great episode. This would be <laughs> one that I'd really recommend listening to, to twice. There's a yes. lot of great resources and insight that's shared, but also pieces that you need to go and look up and um, sign up for that are free resources that I want to make sure you have access to. So enjoy all of it. So let's get right into episode 132 with Abbas Manji. 
Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. Don't worry, we're going to get right back to the episode, but I really want to check out and make sure that you are connected with us on social media. Ray and I and the entire Teach Better team want to connect with you. We want to hear your stories. We want to be a part of your journey. We want to be there to support you in any way we can, and we want to learn and grow with you. So please connect with us. Everything we have is at Teach Better Team. And then, of course, make sure you connect with me at Jeff Gargas and Ray at Ray Hewitt. Let's get back to the episode. All right, we are here. We are chatting with Abbas Manji, and we're already laughing, which is a really good sign here on Teach Better Talk. So we're super excited to have you on, man. Really excited to kind of dive in your brain, learn more about your story, and have some fun tonight. Before we go any further, though, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. I'm excited. Abbas, we're going to be having so much fun. But the first question, I think, is the one that before we started recording, you said you were already dreading. So I'm so sorry in advance. Let's be honest. (laughs) I wanted to know all about you and your role in education. I know that you do so much to support teachers, and it's always the hardest question to be able to describe what we do day in, day out. Would you mind kind of sharing with us when someone asks you that type of question, how you typically respond? Sure. So I am Kidham's chief academic officer, and um, I influence basically every team. Uh, at the company, but uh, in essence, I do whatever it takes to ensure Kidum saves teachers time so they can do what they do best, which is connect with students and make classroom experiences a little bit more meaningful. So I want to dive, I'm going I'm to take us off our normal path right away and dive into to Kidum and, and how to went there, because you're also one of the co-founders, correct? Correct. So that's super cool as someone who likes to start businesses. Um, I'm very interested, uh, you were a high school math teacher. How did, how did, Kidum come apart? Like what happened? What made you say, hey, we need to start this? And then like how, sort of the, the foundational story. I'm really interested to hear how this all came about. Sure, sure. So nearly 10 years ago, uh, I started my career in education as a math teacher at an alternative high school serving overage, unaccredited youth in New York City. And, you know, my students were labeled at risk, quote unquote, uh, of dropping out because they were 16 to 21 years old and previously unsuccessful in high school. I would actually say that the system was a disservice to them. Uh, Many suffered from chronic absenteeism caused by factors like homelessness, family responsibilities, uh, and even incarceration. Um, So lucky enough, in my first year, I realized that if we were going to serve our students well, we'd have to get uh, pedagogically creative. And one of the first things I built, uh, actually on day one, was a public student-facing gradebook on Google Sheets. Uh, Yes, this is before Google Classroom even existed, so I just dated myself a little. But uh, (laughs) the idea was that if my students couldn't come to school, they could at least still track their own progress. And then I would upload all our lessons and curriculum content online. And I would just sort of individualize this thing. Flash forward years later, and Kidum is born. And we are a education platform that connects the gap between curriculum instruction and assessments. And we've essentially created a centralized hub that eliminates disparate tools, saves teachers time, and saves school districts money. So, so do you have a background at all in the coding piece? Or is that, did you work with a partner on that? Did you outsource that? How did that Yeah, work? so our, our co-founder, um, he's the real sort of like entrepreneur of the team. I'm just, okay. you know, I just call myself the teacher guy. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, I think, I think what, what my experience sort of brought to the table was this idea that teachers definitely want to individualize. In fact, mm-hmm. personalized learning isn't some new thing. It's been around for years. Teachers have been trying to personalize instruction since the dawn of education. So how do we ensure that we're saying the right things, we're getting in front of the right people, and we're building products that actually meet teachers' needs instead of 
advertising ourselves as some, you know, technology unicorn that's going to save education. Yeah, I love it. I, I love love your story because you saw a problem. And even before Kitten was a thing, you, you saw a problem and you started creating a solution with your, your Google Sheet and, and that front face. And, and now that's what you do, you know, every, every day as you're, you're seeing problems that teachers are facing and trying to solve them. So I love that. I'm super I just speak my language there. So really digging into that. So uh, and now, I'm, now I'm even more excited about my, my question here about let's talk about failure for a second. So as someone who's building this, uh, this company that you've been building, that's doing so well, like I know there's ups and downs. I'm not sure if you're going to go there, but you're also a teacher. So there's also, also ups and downs every day there too. So lots to choose from, I'm sure. But can you pick a story of a time you've had a failure or a setback that you had to overcome, kind of share with us what happened. How did you overcome that? And what did you take away from that experience? Yeah, I mean, you know, they say in startup culture, you have to fail in order to, uh, you know, move forward. So that's sort of already, you know, taken into consideration. I'd actually like to talk about a failure that I had in my teaching experience. Um, actually, it was my fourth year of teaching. Uh, there was a student named Josh. Uh, he was a 17-year-old place in my Algebra 1 class, which was Algebra one, if you're unfamiliar in New York City, that's that's a freshman level class for 14 year olds. Now, Josh, he absorbed everything. He was like a sponge. He was the type of learner who, you know, you didn't he you didn't give him homework because concepts just stuck with him, right? And math was an area that he particularly excelled in. And he was really chatty, so he was definitely a personality to have in the classroom. Um, he was one of those rock star students, and in and as I mentioned, I taught in an alternative high school. So a rock star student in this environment, you kind of naturally gravitate to them and you naturally want to ensure that they make it, quote unquote, you know, um, over and over the year, I tried to act as, as his mentor and, you know, as a teacher in that environment, you're, you're meeting up with students uh, way before school, way after you're meeting them, you're chatting with them online, you're sending them resources off the cuff. Over the year, over that year, uh, I tried to support him as much as I could, but the reality was I was already mentoring too many students. It was hard to keep a tab on him uh, as well as the others, and he just, you know, he just slipped through the cracks and he got caught up in a lot of bad things, mostly out of his control, and was eventually, uh, actually, unfortunately, incarcerated later that year. Um, but um, you know, one of the things I learned through that experience uh, was that you know the role of the teacher has evolved, right? I think. A lot of your listeners are teachers, and so they understand that teachers take on a lot of responsibility that isn't necessarily in the job description, right? We play counselors, we play mentors, life coaches. We even have to play salespeople sometimes for concepts that students may or may not be interested in learning yet. So uh, as a teacher, I learned that you really have to figure out what's directly in your locus of control, otherwise you'll burn out. And when something bad happens to a young person because of factors outside of their control, you really have to learn how to cope and still focus on what you can control and make that right. Mm. Man, what a powerful story. I mean, it's unfortunate, but just the, what you took from that and having to do that and, and, and deal with that. And there are so many things that are just outside of control. And, and I love how you, what you said you learn is that the, the role of the teacher has evolved so much. And there are so many things that are not in that job description that fall on the plate of teachers. And so, uh, Really love that story, man. So let's let's flip it now. Let's talk about a successful moment you have. And this can be something big or something small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that experience? Sure. So I'll pivot to to the kiddum side if you all don't mind. So Yeah, do it. Uh I mean so after after I left teaching and and began my role at Kidum, 
you know, one of the things that we started at Kidum was we built a simple standards aligned gradebook connected to a digital library of free teaching resources. You know, your Khan Academy, your CK12, I think your listeners will, will understand uh, those providers. So as teachers used our content library, which we ended up, now we actually offer over 70,000 resources that are standards aligned uh, and searchable through the Kidum platform. We noticed actually that teachers were using this to supplement curriculum that they already had. Uh, and why would they need to do that, right? So this started to lead our product team down the path of, well, what if we actually offered fully digitized scope and sequence curriculum right through the Kidum platform? And, and just just for your listeners, you know, Kidum's not a content provider. You know, we, we don't actually write curriculum. We just aggregate it across other providers. And, and we actually realized that teachers would want this uh, fully scoped and sequenced curriculum because I think digital curriculum offers a path to equity. And an and even bigger play there is the workplace is changing, right? So competency learning models are reshaping and transforming the workplace. And as a result, schools around the world are redefining what it means to learn skills, right? But they're, they're shifting to standards-based grading, which is emphasizing mastery instead of seat time. And at Kidham, we believe that schools need to prepare students to succeed in this global changing economy by investing in high quality curriculum. So we actually, using that experience of learning what teachers were using the content library for, we actually forged a partnership with Open Up Resources, which is a publisher of high quality curriculum. And this is actually the first time a full course OER curriculum will be offered in a digital environment that allows for personalization and is significantly cheaper than traditional textbooks. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sounds like a pretty good success, huh, Ray? <laughs> I'm like, goodness, I need to be figuring this out in my classroom. There's so many digital tools I use. I can't believe I don't use Kidum. It sounds like I'm going to start using it right this moment. <laughs> well, you could actually. Kidum is free for teachers. And our, like I mentioned, the library experience, which again, over 70,000 pieces of standard aligned content from, I think, 24 providers, that's all free. Okay, so now I feel like we're not podcasting recording anymore, and I'm just going to ask you a million questions so I can set this up for my students tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's do it. <laughs> Done. Happy to um, help. Happy to help. Yeah, right. No, I, I mean, these are incredible tools and supports you're providing teachers. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I have to ask you, you know, you've, you've had this experience in education. You're now, you know, working for this very large company to support educators around the world. What fuels you? You know, how do you stay excited about education, everything that you're doing? Well, one, uh, you know, thank you for the very large company, but we are actually only 43 people. But, you know, I appreciate that. Um, it what feels big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm good. I'm good. We're we have big dreams. We have high hopes, high aspirations. We're trying to do a lot. Um, I think what keeps me going is, is actually just kind of what I just touched on, right? It's enabling uh, schools and districts to operate and essentially meet the needs of growing learners in an equitable fashion. So when schools, districts, and classrooms gain insights into instructional performance, right, they can understand which teachers need help, which teachers are crushing it. And they can also understand when they bought this curriculum, how is it working? Who implemented it with fidelity? Who actually added additional support resources which we need to look at and turn into a best practice, right? How often do teachers create custom resources that often get overlooked because 
administrators just have no idea what's going on in classroom to classroom. They have to actually sometimes physically walk down the hallways to understand who's doing what, right? So we want to flip that over its head, right? We want to be able to offer schools and districts the ROI and sort of data that they need to ensure that the right data goes to the right member of the learning community. Because if you can form an intricate web of support around students, intervention can happen at the right time and learners don't fall off track. Ultimately, it comes down to the students. Absolutely. So what piece of advice would you offer a teacher? You know, whether it be a new teacher or a veteran teacher, we always like to ask our guests to share a piece of insight that a teacher could take back to their classroom, whether it be tomorrow, next week, next month, and continue on their pursuit of better. So what type of teacher advice do you think is most important? Well, I think... Well, one of my favorite teachers is Fred Rogers. And I don't know if you all just saw the new uh, Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Absolutely. Hanks. But I, yeah, I, I just cried through the whole movie. No. Uh, it, it, was just, <laughs> it was just powerful. And he was, a, he was uh, definitely uh, someone who I looked up to when I was growing up. Uh, and I think one of his famous, most famous quotes is, it's, it's important to make time to care for ourselves. And I think whether you're a first-year teacher or a veteran teacher, this, every school year has the potential to deplete all of your energy and make you question whether or not you're even talented enough to be in front of children, right? And I, I think that's important to recognize because if you aren't taking care of yourselves, you're not taking care of your students. So I would say don't let perfect be the enemy of good and make sure you find yourself a veteran teacher who can mentor you and offer you the growth that you need in order to take care of yourself. I think um, there's a very p- famous education blogger, uh, Jennifer Gonzalez at the Cult of Pedagogy. You know, She says, uh, you got to find your marigold. And I love that because a marigold is considered one of the best companion plants that gardeners use to improve the growth of their plants. Marigolds exist in schools too. You got to find the teachers who are encouraging and supporting and haven't been too jaded by the system. And if you can find one and latch yourself onto one and also be one, you'll be surprised at how much energy you have to commit to students and to all the other things that we go the extra mile for. That's one of my favorite blogs. I I love love that that advice. That's, that's spot on. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, you know, boss, I'm going to tell you that you've got a great Marigold and Ray to support you through this next part of our show here. Ooh, good transition. <laughs> was that it? Was that a good? I, I try to do these sort of good. like dad jokey type transitions, and then I call it out so that I could. Wait, we have it. to stop. This is yeah. episode one hundred and thirty-two. That was the best transition to date. Wow, that was wow. good. Yeah, well done. It only took me one hundred and thirty-two to get there. That's good. Lots yeah. of failures. Growth mindset. Getting right. That's right. So. uh what we're trying to do here is I'm going to throw the next six questions at you. Your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? I'd have to say YouTube. Give us a book that you're reading right now. The Pragmatist. Uh, it's the story of New York City told through the lens of looking at all of its mayors, and it posits the question, does New York City have a soul? Wow. Who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? All right, two separate mediums. So I'm going to give you two separate accounts. Twitter, Matt Barnum. He's an Ed Policy reporter at Chalkbeat. Great writing style. Generally doesn't make unfounded claims. And Instagram because uh, Instagram, the account is Nathan Pyle. He's a cartoonist because you need some comic relief when you're in the middle of the hallway waiting for the bathroom to open up. Great. 
I love it. Give us a good YouTube channel or website for educators. Already did Cult of Pedagogy. You used it to translate this to Marigolds and make that lovely transition. <laughs> Perfect. Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Oh, I can't offer prescriptive advice like that. You got to make your own tea routines, figure out a way to stick to them, and then break them from time to time. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and finally, give us the best piece of advice you've ever received. Just like I said, figure out a way to stick them and break them from time to time. My advice is everything in moderation, including moderation. Ooh, Ray, the Teach Better Talk trophy is going to kid him. Yeah, you want. <laughs> Send it. Send it. That was done. Nailed it. Really good. Awesome. He, he, he hit both Twitter and Instagram. He gave us uh, educational things connected. He gave us things that are slightly outside of education with the book. He talked about uh, comic relief. He brought it back to the marigold marigold? position. Oh, he went nuts. It was great. He he told us to moderate moderation, like which is so meta. It's crazy. Um, I love it. Yeah, Jeff. I think this actually has to be our last Teach Better Talk episode. Let's start the bank. We're done. We're done. This is it. You just finished. You finished it. It's done. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going to go work at him. (laughs) Yes, we are hiring. I'm going to go. I'm done, right? Wait, I'm, out. Wait, wait, I'm going wait, out wait. on top of George Costanza. I'm done. I'm out of here. Heading out to get him. Okay, wait. This got too real. Let's back it up. It's not. It's, this is just a joke. Deep breaths, everyone. Well, I have the most important final question for you before I have to co call Jeff and remind him that he needs to stick with the Teach Better team and not, you know, leave us quite yet. But would you mind sharing how our listeners can connect with you and continue to learn all about everything that you're working on? All right. So I mentioned a free content library of resources for teachers. It's free. All you got to do is go to www.kidum.com. K-I-D-D-O-M dot C-O, not dot com, it's dot C-O slash content. And you'll access the library right there. And if you want to get in touch with me, I like Twitter. My handle's at yo underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A, because that's what my students used to call me. And I think that's that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. I love that Twitter handle. Uh, is is Kidum on uh, Twitter, Instagram, things like that? Yes, Kidum's all, on all the social medias. Uh, it's at Kidum App A P P. Gotcha, great. And you know you can find all the resources, everything we talked about in this episode, over at TeachBetter.com. Uh, especially those really important links for 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 connecting with a boss and Kidum and everything, um, and getting all that content because it's free over at Kidum.co. Uh, so make sure you check out the show notes over at teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Abbas, this was fantastic. I'm so glad that we were able to get you on um, and kind of dive in your head and have some fun. Um, and me looking to start the next chapter of my career. It's great. Uh, (laughs) we had a good time. Really appreciate you, man. Really appreciate you coming on and give us some of your time, man. Thank you. I appreciate being on the show. Thank you so much, Ray and Jeff. It was an honor. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs>